Father God, thank you that you are here. And thank you that that is true, no matter how far we feel from you. Um, so God, I pray that each one of us now would become so very aware of your presence with us. Um, and thank you that your presence stays with us. So when we leave this morning, uh, you're still here. Uh, you're still with us. Amen. So um, I'm going to start by asking you a question. Um, and I'd love you to really think about your answer for a second. Um, oh, wait, I have a clicker. <laughs> forgot I'm not relying on the guys in the back to do this for me um, so the question is what was the most recent invitation you received and that could be for a big event um, or maybe it's as simple as someone recently invited you around to their house for a cup of tea or for dinner um, or maybe it was even an invitation to come here this morning to church um, so think about that for a second what was the most recent invitation you received and I'm not going to ask anyone to shout out their answer, um, but I'd love you to think about that word as we keep going this morning, the word invitation and what springs to mind for you when I say it. Um, it's going to be a pretty key theme um, of everything I say. Um, and we're going to read a really short um, but a wonderful and, like I said, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Um, and you may or may not be familiar with it, but it is an invitation from Jesus to us. Um, and it's found in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. Um, and it's on the screen, um, or you can follow along in your own Bible, or it's really short, so if you just want to close your eyes and listen as I read it and let the words wash over you, um, that's totally fine as well. So Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So even as I read that, um, some of you might be wondering about the word yoke, because um, as I was reading it, it was definitely the most curious word in the whole passage. Um, and you might be wondering whether I'm going to get into the meaning of it. Um, and I will a little bit later, um, more towards the end of what I'm going to say. Um, but right now, I really want to just focus on the, the invitation from Jesus. Um, and because of that, I'm going to read it again. And I'd love you to just think, what is Jesus inviting me to as I read this? And I'm going to try and read it slowly, which isn't my skill set. I'm a very fast talker. Um, but I'm going to try and read it slowly. So let's read it again. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I wonder how you feel right now, if you had to describe it. Whether you're sitting in the room, whether you're in the cafe, whether you're watching online, Maybe you feel full of energy and really excited for the day that's ahead of you. Maybe you've had a really good week and you're excited for what's to come. Um, maybe, I don't think any of them are here right now, but maybe you're just back from Uganda feeling a bit tired. Um, maybe you feel at peace in your heart and mind, or maybe you feel a bit cluttered and like there's a lot going on, a lot to process about life. And I can certainly put myself in that final category. My mind is a bit cluttered and I feel like there's a lot going on. But no matter your particular mood or feeling at this exact moment in time, I am completely confident that we can all relate to the category of people that Jesus is addressing here. He speaks to all you who are weary and burdened, or as a few other translations put it, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, or those who are tired, those who are worn out, or as one of the earliest translations puts it, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Can you relate to any of that? If the answer to that is yes, then Jesus is speaking directly to you this morning and he has an invitation for you. 
So I asked about your most recent invitation, and that was a specific question to get you thinking. But I wonder what you think in a more general sense when you hear the word. Maybe your mind jumps straight to birthday parties, and maybe especially so if you're at the age of a milestone birthday that people tend to celebrate a bit more. Um, I've told my husband Wallace, I'm not waiting till I'm 30 for my next party. I'm going to celebrate turning 28 this year, even if there aren't badges and cards available for it. Um, so maybe that's you. Maybe you think of birthday parties. Maybe you think of family gatherings that you feel a bit obligated to go to. Um, for me personally, I think of weddings, um, mostly because last year was the year of the wedding um, for me and Wallace. It was our wedding. Um, we also went to 11 weddings last year. Um, and our year was full of invitations and RSVPs and weddings and hen parties and stag parties. And even now, a year on, our social media feeds are filled with people posting one-year anniversary and memories and all that kind of stuff, including me, absolutely guilty. <laughs> um, so maybe that's you. Maybe you think of weddings. But no matter where your mind jumps to, I wonder if you can see what those invitations have in common. And what I noticed was that the ones I thought about um, all involve a lot of doing, um, whether it's in the prep, so for a wedding, getting a new outfit, borrowing a new outfit, because I can't afford to buy 11 outfits in one year, um, sending in your dietary requirements, choosing your meal, saving up money, um, or in the actual attending, you know, being socially switched on, having a lot of conversations, maybe feeling the pressure to be life and soul of the party, maybe trying to impress some people. And some of the stuff that comes with preparing uh, to respond to an invitation is really good stuff, um, but it can be really tiring, and it's still a lot of doing. Something that really struck me about Jesus' invitation then in the passage we read was that it's an invitation to rest, and it is really obvious when you read it, the word is there in black and white. But one thing that had never occurred to me before in reading this passage was, have I ever been invited to rest? And actually, the way the question initially came to me was, has anyone called me up and ever invited me to just do nothing? Um, now, as I thought about it a bit more, I realized Jesus's invitation isn't about doing absolutely nothing. It's not a lazy invitation or a passive invitation. Um, and we'll get into that when we talk about the yoke. But I do think there is something in the imagery um, it is an invitation to come, and it is an invitation to just be. And it made me think of a story that my friend Jude shared with me about her sister-in-law. Um, and she, at the time, she had two really young kids, and she was in a season of life where she was completely exhausted all the time. Um, and she turned up to her small group one night, um, and halfway through the discussion, they turned around and saw her fast asleep on the sofa. Um, and they didn't bother her because they knew she was exhausted. Um, and for me, that was a really beautiful picture of someone who was invited to just be, um, just be exactly who they were in that moment. And all they had in them was to turn up and be around community, but they couldn't give much else. And her community accepted that. So have you ever received an invitation to rest? Or have you ever received an invitation to just be? And what would it even look like? Maybe it sounds a bit bizarre and you are just imagining someone sending you an invitation to come for a nap, which my idea of heaven, by the way. Um, or maybe you think it sounds a bit pointless. Um, you know, rest is something I do on my time. Why would I use my time with others to do that? And maybe it isn't something you think about doing with other people at all. But it is something that Jesus invites us to, and it's not something he invites us to alone. It's something he invites us to in his presence with him. And there's a term that people sometimes use to describe God's kingdom, and that term is upside down. Um, so maybe you've heard that term before, the upside down kingdom. But if you haven't, basically is a way of saying that God's way God's way of doing things is profoundly unexpected. And this is seen in so many ways in the Bible. Um, one of the main examples being that King Jesus, the promised Messiah, came in the form of a baby in a cradle. And that's not what people expected when they thought about a king coming to save them. 
And when you read the story of Jesus' birth earlier in Matthew, we see how people came to bow down and worship this baby. This is the upside down kingdom. Another example of it um, comes in the same chapter we've been reading from in Matthew 11, just a bit earlier on. And Jesus is speaking about John the Baptist, who was sent to prepare the way and prophesy about Jesus coming. And Jesus says there's no one greater than John. So John's the best, basically. But in the same breath, Jesus says, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. So it's basically not about status or being the best. It's about um, the least is greater. Whoever is least is greater. It's the upside down kingdom, profoundly unexpected. And it's just not really how our world works, but it is how God works. And I could give loads more examples, but I, I will just give one. And it's another one from the book of Matthew. This is the same book of the Bible where we get a series of teachings from Jesus called the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and the Sermon on the Mount is full of upside down kingdom statements. Um, and I'm just going to read a couple from a section called the Beatitudes. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who are persecuted. God's way is profoundly unexpected. So I think this invitation to rest that we've read this morning is another example of the upside down kingdom. It is also profoundly unexpected. And Jesus is speaking into a religious culture where people are weighed down and burdened by expectations and rules and impossibly high standards. And he invites them to come and rest with him. And he doesn't just mean to come and take a nap, though maybe it could be part of it. Um, the invitation is to come with the expectations and to come with the rules and to come with the impossibly high standards and to lay them down at the feet of Jesus to release them and embrace the lightness that he offers us. And I wonder, do you feel that? Do you feel the weight of expectation? Do you ever feel like the bar has been set impossibly high? Do you ever hear the voice of others in your head saying that your best efforts will never be enough? Or maybe do you ever hear your own voice telling you that? Um, the picture I have in my head is carrying around a really heavy backpack all day. And it's weighed down with books and with files and with pens and whatever else. For me, it's usually books. Um, and I laughed when I Googled pictures of backpacks because um, the picture on the screen really represents to me what it looks like when you're carrying a heavy bag versus what it actually feels like. Um, and I wonder, can you relate to that? And when I, when I close my eyes and I imagine that backpack on my shoulders, um, if I really enter into the picture, I can almost feel the pain that you get on your shoulders from carrying something heavy all day. And I can almost see the marks in my skin on my shoulders where the straps of the bag dig in a little bit. And then after that, I think about getting home and dropping it on the floor, which was always the first thing I did when I got home from school and still now from, from work. Um, and I didn't even really like do anything active. I just kind of let my shoulders drop and the bag fell. Um, and you can immediately feel lighter as you release the stuff you've been carrying all day. And that was my experience five days a week growing up, going to school. And that is what I picture when I hear Jesus's invitation to rest. I believe it's a physical invitation. When we come to Jesus and we rest in his presence, we feel physically lighter and less burdened as a result. And I also believe it's a spiritual invitation. We get to feel closer and more connected to God by resting in his presence. We know him better. We know more about who he is by resting in his presence. And this passage that we've been reading actually tells us what Jesus is like. Um, it tells us what his heart is like. And I'd love you to think about that for a second. 
we're being told about the heart of God. We're being told about the heart of the creator of the universe. And it tells us that he's gentle and humble in heart. That is the character of the person who invites us to rest. He is gentle and he is humble in heart. I want you to think for a second about a person who is a little bit uptight, maybe even unkind, someone who constantly asks a lot of you. And hopefully you don't have someone like that in your life. If, if not, you can make them up. Um, but if you do, I'd just love you to picture that person. And I want you to imagine them coming to you and saying, come to me if you feel weary and I will give you rest. How would it feel? Because I imagine that it would be really hard to trust. Why would the person who has heaped burdens on you be the one to invite you to rest? Why would they be the one that you go to for rest? And now I want you to think about Jesus. If he is who he says he is, if he is gentle and humble, and if he is someone who himself knows what it means to rest with God, to rest with his heavenly father, then how much more weight does his invitation carry? You can trust him when he says he will carry your burdens and give you rest because Jesus passes the character test. So think back to those examples of invitations you've received because while a lot of our invitations involve a lot of doing, I do think we get glimpses into Jesus-style rest through how we spend our time, because not everything is burdensome. There we go. Um, one of my favorite things to do is to have dinner with friends, and it doesn't have to be in our house. I love hosting, but it could be in their house. Um, with no time, pressure, or agenda, um, just to be in each other's presence, you need to catch up and enjoy good food. And I think this is far more what Jesus' invitation is like than the busy invitations that demand so much of us. And it doesn't mean that God will never ask us to do anything. But knowing that his presence is a place of rest and that when you meet with him, you meet with one who is gentle and humble, one who refreshes you, one who restores you, one who makes good on his promises. That means that when it comes to the doing, when it comes to the things God asks of you or when it comes to the pressures and the demands of life, you have a God alongside you who carries your burdens, a God who wants you to live freely and a God who wants you to live lightly. And something else that struck me is that it's a daily invitation. It's not like Jesus says, come to me if you're weary and I'll give you rest, but then we'll get on with life and all of its pressures and all of its demands and then we'll get really busy. And then when you're running on empty again, well, we can cross that bridge when we come to it. No, he says, if you're weary, if you carry heavy burdens, come to me and I will give you rest. Come on a journey with me. I go with you into the busy. I go with you into the demands and the pressures of life. And my rest is available there as well. So every day, this invitation is available. And Jesus doesn't tell you to live empty. He doesn't tell you to lay it all down and enjoy a life of nothing. But he tells us to pick something up. And now we finally get to the yoke. Um, so basically, the yoke means two things. Um, and remember what I said about the backpack, um, that this invitation is both physical and spiritual. I wonder if you'll see the parallel here. The yoke is also physical and spiritual. The picture on the screen shows the physical. Um, so it's a wooden beam that sits on the necks of two animals um, so they can pull a heavy load together. And that's probably the most common and well-known definition of a yoke. But also in Jewish culture, so the culture that um, Jesus is speaking into in this passage, the yoke also referred to the rabbi's teaching. So to take the yoke of a rabbi basically meant to come and to be his apprentice, to learn everything he did and to learn how he did it, and then to live that way as well. 
And this all often involved a lot of specific rules and ways of interpreting scripture. And basically whatever the rabbi did and said and believed, if you took on his yoke, then you also did and said and believed those things. And both of these um, pictures of the yoke, the physical and the spiritual, have major connotations of heaviness and of burdens and of expectations and ultimately of weariness. So the Jewish audience in Matthew may well have been confused at hearing the word yoke and the word rest in the same sentence. And I think that's deliberate. Jesus is playing on these expectations. It's his upside down kingdom. It's profoundly unexpected. Like Jesus has a light yoke. What is that about? Um, and I wonder, are there areas in our lives where we have put expectations on Jesus that are completely inaccurate? Where we have assumed that his way is full of burdens and rules and heaviness. If we have, he says to us, yes, I do have a yoke. And yes, you should come to me and you should follow me and you should learn from me. But the plot twist is it's an easy hook and it's a light burden. I bet you didn't see that coming. So not only do we get to release the heaviness and lay it at the feet of Jesus, but we get to take on his way, which is the way of freedom, the way of peace, the way of light and the way of joy. What would it look like to respond to that invitation daily? What would it mean for you this week to take Jesus up on this invitation or in light of everything we were saying about weddings, what would it mean for you to RSVP to Jesus' invitation to come and rest? And I want to sit with this question on the screen for a little minute. And to help us reflect on it, I'm going to leave some silence as you think about it. And then I'm going to read the passage again slowly. And I'm just going to allow the Holy Spirit to highlight to you whatever it is you need to hear today. And there's an ancient practice of reading the Bible called Lectio Divina, which basically means you read a short passage of scripture over and over again. So this will be the third time we're reading it this morning. And you allow God to highlight particular words or phrases to you. And then you just pray and ask him, why is he highlighting that to you? What is it you want me to learn today, God? Um, so we're basically doing a mini version of that. I'm going to read the passage again. And I'd love you to ask God, what is it you're saying to me this morning? And I'd love you to think practically about the question, what would it mean to RSVP to Jesus's invitation? Because it's really easy to hear a question like that and go, hmm, okay, I think I'll pray and read my Bible. And, and that's the answer. And you, you wouldn't be wrong, um, but I'd love you to think about what it looks like in your day-to-day -day life this week. Um, and I thought I'd give an example of how I plan to apply it this week, um, just if that's helpful. Um, as I was finishing up writing this, um, I felt God challenged me to read this passage every day this week. Um, to set a reminder on my phone and for it to be the first thing I read when I wake up in the morning and to just say yes to Jesus if he's inviting me to come and rest, to read it and then say, okay, God, I'm in. Um, I'm going to rest with you today and then I'm going to see how God works that out in my life throughout the week. So maybe that's a challenge you could take on or maybe God will prompt you to do something different. But I'd love you to think, what does it mean for me to RSVP to Jesus's invitation to rest? So I'm going to leave a bit of silence and then I'm going to read this again um, and then I'll pray. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you so much um, that you speak to us through your word. And I pray for anybody in the room who feels the weariness and feels the weight, um, whatever that might be. And I pray this morning that they feel the release um, and the, the freedom and peace that you offer washing over them. And I pray that we would take your invitation seriously and figure out what that means in our own lives. Amen.